Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, very warm well welcome. This is day five of the World Championship Daily, of course, the only daily podcast giving you insight, debate, analysis, reaction, anything that you can think of from the William Hill World Darts Championship. We will be bringing it to you here on Online Darts. Uh, Jonathan uh, here with you to talk some darts. I am back after a night off. Uh, joining me as always and joining all of us to talk darts at the moment is basically... The man who cannot come off these podcasts at the moment, Cam Absolutely McFarlane, is back. Cam, very warm welcome once again. Happy Sunday as we're now recording. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me again. Um, I literally can't get off it if I try at the moment, can I? And the big news, everybody, the biggest news of the week. It's not what's happened today, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. I'm sure we'll, we'll have to mention it. But, ladies and gentlemen, his big return after possibly one of the worst weeks he's ever had. Phil Bars rejoins the pod. Barzy, it's been a while, my friend. How have you been inside the bubble? Is it only day five? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I'm all good, to be fair. But it's starting to feel like um, cabin fever, as I remembered it last year. It is like the Big Brother house. Um, but loving every minute of it. today. Look, we saw some dross, we saw some average stuff, and we saw some damn good stuff as well. Well, let's start with that damn good stuff. And this is the main reason why I wanted you to be definitely on tonight's pod more than anything, is because your boy, the Green Machine, we teased it enough. I think it's safe to say he's back. <laughs> he said it himself, didn't he? He, he did. said it himself. He did. He did. Look, Look <laughs> you can't ignore it. He's won the Players' Championship. And he's come here and he's set the bar high and he's gone to everyone else. There it is. Can you beat me? I, what, I, what I find staggering, Cam, on this one is the fact that he averaged 109. Yet Ryan Murray, this is, is very reminiscent of his game against Christopher Tyson at the Grand Prix, where he was averaging mid-hundreds, uh, I think it was around 105 that night. And Ratajski was averaging somewhere in the mid-90s and yet it was taken to a last leg decider. 
Ryan Murray came very close, Cam, to taking it to a last set again here. He did. He played very, very well. Um, yeah, as you said, he was sort of always sort of 15 to 20 points behind in the average, but he just hung in there and hit shots when he needed to and was very, very good on his own throw. Yeah, you think about that 130 in particular in the, first, in the second set, in that first leg of the second set, uh, obviously the 61 as well to go one set all. But Buzz, you thought that when you're on 78, the single one doesn't help when he's trying to save the set. But as no. soon as he missed that double 10, I knew it was game over. You, you can't pass up those chances. And I don't know about you guys watching it, but watching it in the, in the press room, we knew Michael was playing well, but it didn't feel like a 109 average. It was like, yes, he, he's doing, in his own words, the right things at the right moments. And if you'd have said to me, 102, 103, I'd have gone, yeah, sounds about right. But when you look up and he's, he's averaging 109, it's like, wow, it just didn't feel like a 109. Cam, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think you're probably right. He started off very steadily, didn't he? I think the first set was three straight 15 darters. And then he, he just had a little burst, didn't he, around the middle that I think he chucked in an 11 darter and a 12 mm-hmm. back-to-back, I think. Um, I think that probably just bumped it up. But yeah, he did. I think it was because Murray was sticking with him that it didn't feel as much of a sort of as high of an average as it actually was. Here's one for you, Barzi. I've got to ask this question, actually. We all know, obviously, your your friendship with, with the Green Machine. When he missed, was it? I think it was it two. Was it three? In there, no, it was it was it was three. The leg three. before to go two all. Did you worry at any stage there that this one might go to a fifth set when he missed that? It was almost like almost as if the demons were coming back from earlier on in the year. No, um, a little story from inside the press room. I had the graphic made up already, um, and a couple of the boys went. Still confident when he missed, and I was like, "Yep." And a couple of went overconfident, um, but the graphic was already made. No, I wasn't. Interesting, interesting. Uh, look, this is a very good performance, I thought, from Ryan Murray. He's one definitely to take the look up uh, to, to to keep an eye on here. But Cam, obviously, we all know that Barzi will uh, will, will sing MBG's praises to the cows come home. Uh, from a more neutral perspective on it. Where does this rank? I appreciate it's the highest average of the tournament so far. I appreciate that this is a really big performance for MVG coming off the back of obviously the Players' Championship Finals win. But where, how, where do we measure MVG now? Because we said before that there's not many people in that top half of the draw in particular that can give him any test. There's no vulnerability there from, from looking at it from now. There's not. I think, if anything, he's probably just piled a bit of extra pressure on everybody else because he's, if he's playing like that and if he, keeps, he backs that up into, the, into his next game and going forwards, who's going to beat him? That's a very, very good question. A question that we will hope that we will find out the answer to, or we won't, on January the 3rd. Uh, but a very good performance, it must be said by Ryan Murray. He played some outstanding stuff, miles away from what happened, obviously, with the two nine darters that everybody was talking about before the game. But really good performance there from us like year. But of course, Michael Van Gerwen into the third round. Uh, that is literally what always happens to the World Championships. Uh, Cam, we'll stay with you and we'll talk about the other seed here because, in part, Mervyn King looked on it today. In parts, he looked on it. In other parts, he didn't. 
That is that a fair assessment? I think it is. I think he he looked more on it than not on it. Um, hence the the three one win. But he did he did go off a little bit. But then he got it back and he finished it off quite comfortably. Um, I think Max probably will feel like he left a little bit out there. Uh, but again, he didn't he didn't play badly. I mean, he averaged ninety four and nearly fifty percent on his doubles. So I I think. It was a very good performance from Merbol's old. Yeah, Buzz, I, I, I don't know what you think of this one, but Max didn't, I don't think he played badly. I just think that, particularly for the first two sets, Merv, I've, I haven't seen Merv play that well properly like that in years. The first half of the game, it was almost as if he was just placing him at will. Mm. He, looked, he looked that good. Um, and then Max had a little bit of a resurgence. Well, a resurgence is the wrong word, but he took his chances to get the set back, but then Merv just found the afterburners. And like I said, I was actually quietly impressed with Max as well. Even though we lost 3-1, his performance, he can take a lot from that. But Merv just going about his business and being very Merv King-like, just hitting doubles and doing what he does. And he sets up a potential tie of the third round. Mervyn King against Jose de Sousa. That could be an interesting one, gentlemen. That could be quite interesting. It could be very interesting. Um, and if it all plays out, that could be the game where we say Jose's lost because of his counting. Look, we know he can't count, and some people say it adds to the, the, the fun and X, Y, and Z. But at some point, he is going to be made to pay by these amazing players for a miscount. And you wouldn't put it past Merv to do it. I think, you'd almost, I think you'd almost lean towards it being someone like Merv to do it. Uh, someone like a Merv or, or a James Wade are the sort of people who, if you make those sort of errors, they will punish you for it. Indeed. Indeed. But both seeds through them today at the World Darts Championship. Let's turn our attention to the first round games and two in particular, gentlemen, that could go on the list of darting classics for very different reasons. Cam, let's start with the game here that our colleague Brad Pates, who was doing the live blog for us today, has asked us to talk about as much in depth as possible because of just how good this bloody game was. 25 legs of the thing. And... Correct me if I'm wrong, George Noble wasn't refereeing this game, was he? No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. No, so this is a strange one. Uh, that, that, that someone that, that again goes 25 legs and George Noble doesn't referee it, but there we go. Uh, Camp, Scott Waits three, Matt Campbell two. This was just one hell of a contest. Oh, it was the tie of the day, I think, wasn't it? it tie the first as, round so far. As, as good as Van Gerwen was. For out-and-out drama, what a game it was. Um, and I think huge credit to Scott Waits for coming through it, especially reeling off the last three legs like he did as well. Um, it was it was a very special game to watch. Do you know what, Phil? That is why I absolutely hate the fact that there's no crowds and appreciate we're now in Tier 4 in London and... You know, I'm glad that the world is going to go ahead. That's the first thing we should say. The world is the show is going to go on. But do you know when Matt Campbell hits that one five two to go two up in the final set, and Scott comes back to to win that three two, you just think 
what a game that would have been. And do you know what? The crowd would have just adored. It would, it would have been like that Watamina-Humphreys game that I bang on about in, uh, from last year. That was so good. To be fair, if we had had a crowd today, they'd have been on their feet singing the new Craig David song. Tier two on Friday, tier three on Saturday, <laughs> tier four on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, You've got a lineup, aren't you, all day? Um, but back to, back, back to the darts. No, look, they'd have, the, the place would have been, the roof would have been blown off with that Matt Campbell game. And Scotty Waite showing some huge kahunas as well. That final set could have gone either way. And it was a game that you're thinking, please, just come here. Let's have a best of nine sets or best of 11 sets. Mm. And because it was just that, that damn good. I'm pretty sure it's around one game. We would have had a tie break anyway. But I'm hoping now that there's no fans after Christmas, I am now hoping that we could potentially get tie breaks back. But I don't, I don't think they'll change the rules mid-tournament. Don't, don't, don't ruin my Christmas dream, Phil Bars. Don't do that. Uh, but let's, uh, let's hear from Scott Waits now after coming through arguably the game of the tournament so far. If you've not watched it back, I always say this game won't go on Sky Sports. This one will be on the Sky Sports Darts Classic because it was just brilliant. Scott Waits 3, Matt Campbell 2. Let's hear from Scott Waits now at his press conference. We've waited a long time. Darts fans have waited a long time to see Scott Waits at Ali Pali. Got their money's worth today, didn't they? Um, I don't know if the darts fans in the audience got the money's worth, but everybody else I think did. I don't know how long we're on that stage for, but, you know, I'm a Yorkshireman. I get my money's worth. I think uh, everybody else got the money's worth today. The full 25 <laughs> legs in one of the, the, the best game of the William World Championship so far. Even in your vast, experienced career, that's got to be up there as one of the most enjoyable, stressful games to play, hasn't it? Oh, I'll tell you what. That last leg, when I hit that double, that's why I just gave it all. It was just like... There's no way that I've played the 24 legs previous to this to try and lose this game. So that last leg, you know you've got to give it all. And to win that last leg, how I did. 11 data, I, I, can't, I can't believe it myself. It takes something for a two-time world champion and a Grand Slam champion to go, you know what, that was pretty good, though. It, well, I think it was pretty good. <laughs> if anybody says that one pretty good, let them get up there and try and play on that stage and throw an 11 dart leg. Never mind a deciding leg. There were three times before that decided leg, you had niggly little finishes to save the match, and Matt Campbell was on a one or two darter himself. Every single time you managed to pin it. You've got something that most players don't have, then, Scott. Yeah, bad luck. <laughs> because anybody else, he'd have missed that against them, and I'd have had another shot. But no, seriously, I'll tell you what, Matt Campbell, what a good dart player he is. For a lad, I was talking to him, and he's got nobody to practice with. He's not got anybody of the standard of the players around here. For him to get up on that stage and throw like he does, that is absolutely unbelievable. He is some dart player. You know, and I've, I, I've, I've played one of the best games of darts today and I've just managed to get over the line in the last leg. I feel sorry for him because he's got to go back to Canada. But you know what? So be it. When you got your card at Q School at the start of the year, you just said, look, I know it's been a long time coming, but the timing's right for me now. I'm at a place in my life where I've got an opportunity to give PDC darts a go. Do you still think you're at the very peak of your powers and are able to go on and, say, win this tournament? You know, the, the, I would say from January to maybe mid-March, I was playing really, really good darts all the time and then the coronavirus hit 
And for some reason, you can't go out and practice like you normally do. Everything sort of like changes in your life. And then towards the back end of the year, so such as the World Championship, you've got to make sure that you put a bit of time and effort in to try and get to a standard where you can compete with all these guys. And I think I'm not far off, but I'm not there yet. But I, I can give everybody a really good game for the money. But on my day, I don't see why I can't beat anybody. Well, Nathan Aspinall next, and you had a crack at him in the Players' Championship finals. Miss Darts to beat him. I mean, it could be an absolutely fabulous game. I, I, I do think I can take Nathan all the way anyway. So, you know what? I look forward to that game and... Nathan's had a bit of a rest. I've had a bit of a practice, so you never know. Well done, Scott. Thank, Thank you very much. Scott, just touching on what Dan said there, first year in the PDC, how have you found it all? Because I'm guessing it's a bit of a culture shock to where everything's done to what you've been used to in your previous career. The problem at the minute for me is I've got a three-year-old daughter, right? So everything rolls around my daughter. And me trying to find the time to practice is really difficult. So, the last few weeks, as soon as my daughter goes back to her mum, I get to practice. But apart from that, I'm really struggling. So, it's really, it's really weird is trying to incorporate a family life as well as a serious darts career. You played at Lakeside, obviously, with fans everywhere in the video. What's it like going there? in a world championship and no one being there? You know what? We had a practice on there earlier today and there were no background noise or anything. You could literally hear a pin drop. And I would love to play on that stage with 3,000 people behind us shouting, either, yeah, come on, boo, whatever. You just want the atmosphere. That, and the atmosphere makes a game of darts. I mean, don't get me wrong, that were a hell of a game of darts. I think that were one of the best games of darts I've ever played in my life. But when the crowd's behind you, you know, that, that does make a massive difference as well. And obviously, just for the final one from me, that passion, that desire, has it reinvigorated you since you've come back across the PDC? Because you look kind of stale in your last bit at Lakeside and the video. Has it reinvigorated you as a player? Playing at Lakeside and within the BDO, Towards the back end of 2019, you knew it was not going to go anywhere. So the players had to make a decision what they were going to do. So the, the only decision for me was to have a go in Q school again, but a really proper go and try and win a tour card. And that's, that was my aim in 2019. Then 2020, when I did have a go in Q school, then I managed to get my tour card. If I'd have got my tour card in 2020, I'd have probably been sat on my set here now watching this at home. Scott, congratulations. Mate. Cheers, thank you. Scott, is uh, making the decision to go to Q School the best decision you've ever made in darts? I played Q School 2018 as well, but I didn't take it really seriously. Then 2019, I did three days at Q School. I couldn't do this Saturday because I had to see my daughter. So I had to do Thursday, Friday, Sunday. Right, and I was hoping on Thursday and Friday I wouldn't get enough points, but I didn't. But I think that 
one of the benefits for me was having actual having a full day off darts and not anybody else having that full day off. Well, I'm not saying not everybody else did, but I think that having a full day off, rest on the Saturday, going on the Sunday and actually winning the day did me the world of good. Yeah. And you talk about playing, well, hoping to play in front of 3,000 fans at some point on that stage. Do you think darts players have maybe taken it for granted in the past that they get to play in front of such, such great crowds? Um, darts has always been a sport where the crowd's been involved and to play there in an empty arena is quite strange. But I think for a lot of pe- uh, a lot of the players, they need a bit of the crowd background, the noise, everything else going on behind them. And I think that that gets their adrenaline going. And I think that, like today, you've got nobody to buzz on, if you get what I mean. It's weird, because you just stood there, there's you, your opponent, the markers, there's nobody else behind you giving you anything whatsoever, just an empty arena. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Scott, and best of luck against uh, Scott. All right. Cheers. Phil, a couple of things I want to talk, touch on, and Cam, you can come off the back of this as well about Matt Campbell, but you were obviously there doing the interview. He, he didn't hold back, did he? About the radio there, did Scott? <laughs> he, uh, no. He, no, he, he, he made his feelings known. Uh, standard. Um, yeah, look, I think he's just saying what most people felt kind of from October onwards when the oldest darting tournament in the world went absolute peak tong in the Masters that the writing's kind of on the wall from there and he just basically said it how it was. Certainly. Um, also, Cam, quick one about Matt Campbell. I, I tweeted this about it and I'd like to get your thoughts on it. If he went to Q school... He could do some serious damage if he got a card. Of course he could. I mean, look at how well he's played today. Um, I think he'd have a real good chance of getting a card as well. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I've not seen, I don't know if, whether he's planning to, um, but I, is, I, assume he, I assume he would. Um, already entered. He already entered, has he? Right. Lovely. Good stuff. Yeah, I think he'd be a, a huge contender for getting a card and then, if he gets one, he's going to just get better and better as well. He certainly will. Uh, let's stay with you, Cam, and we'll talk about the fourth game of the day. And that is another classic for all the wrong reasons in this sense, because the amount of tension in that game between Damon Hetter and Danny Baggish. My goodness me. Hetter finished top of the qualification for the, of the Pro to Order of Merit for people who hadn't already qualified. We were pretty much... After what he'd done in the Grand Slam and the players, we'd basically given him a free pass through to a potential third round against Glenn Durham, even getting rid of A.D. Lewis. Danny Baggish, first two sets was brilliant. And then, and then, what a comeback. It looked like it was going to be from Damon Hetter. The one, I think, was it the 160 to win the set? Yeah, the 160 to win the set. And also the one. Was it a one four six before that? One as four well? six, yeah. yeah, yeah, that one four six in the, the same set. Sort to of hold. changed it, didn't it? That was the one, one that sort of changed the whole, the whole dynamic of the game at that point. And I think once it got to two all, I think we all probably thought that Hetter was going to go on and win that. I think massive stones from Baggish to turn it round and end up winning it in the end 
Um, especially off the back of the, is it ten missed doubles in in the before the decider? I didn't even um, count. I didn't. I didn't even stop counting. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not. I think I think it was about ten, but I might be I might be wrong on that. But you you didn't think he was going to get over the line to get even the deciding leg, but then when he did, and he went off one eighty as well, and went and closed it out. Um, big stones from him, but yeah, I think pretty much half the team had picked Hesse as the unseeded players to have a run at this, have a run at this tournament and do do quite well. But maybe that's why he's not done well. Maybe he's been jinxed by the whole team. Pretty much. I mean, I mean look, you look through there because he had he, he had a really good leg when he'd just been broken as well. Hesse hadn't really had a good leg at this point, and he left himself one twenty. He goes and hits the treble 20, and then rather than hitting t- uh, single 20 to go for tops, he hit double 20 then. And from there, Phil, I just thought his, his head went at that stage, and Hetta will be kicking himself. Five miss for the match. He'll be kicking yeah, himself on that one. Yeah, look, he didn't have a great day at the office, and a slow start absolutely did his conkers. Um, and at any level, giving someone a two-set lead, yes, it can be done, but it makes it hard, hard work. And one of those days for Damon Hale, he'll learn from it. He's still a baby in mm. darting terms. Um, he'll, he'll, he'll learn a lot from it. But yes. he needs to learn quick because that can't happen again. Certainly can't. Let's hear from, though, Danny Baggish with an, coming through an absolute cracker against Damon Hetter. Danny, did you enjoy that? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, up, uh, up 2-0, I felt like it could have been a little more, you know, go win 3-0, 3-1, whatever the case may be. But I knew he was going to fight back the way he was supposed to play, and he did the, the next two sets. And, no, I didn't enjoy it at all. I enjoyed it when I hit the double 20, and I got so many shots at the double, and we just uh, we both were missing, and I was just lucky enough to hit it. It's amazing how games of darts and change just like that there was one shot he took out a one four six when it looked like you were going to win 3-0 and it completely turned the tide he won the next six legs yes what do you feel like when that's happening well you know I wasn't counting but I knew I haven't shot at a double in a long time so um, when he won the next six legs I just it was like a just a monster that came out and he just showed what kind of player he was and, and is and how he's been playing all year so I don't know, man. It's just a lot of mixed emotions. I was lucky enough to win the the that leg at the double one after so many darts, and and I held my throw. So that final set, it's probably the most drama we've had at this William Hill World Championship so far. How did you keep it together? I mean, you're both walking down the runway. You're about thirty <laughs> feet away from the board at times in that one, just trying to keep calm. Yeah, I, I, it's funny because I felt like I was calm the whole time. I, I just uh, either was pushing or. I just hold it on. You know, everyone gets nervous, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I just I, I felt like the it was out of my hands multiple times with him at the board, and uh, prayers were answered. I, I guess we've seen you win titles on big stages in America, but you know, last year qualifying for this. Is there anything in your experience of playing this sport that's anything like that match you've just experienced? No, no, not at all. And, uh, you know, my match with Jeff Smith and, and able to beat a player like him to get here last year was, was unbelievable drama there. Uh, but this this tops it all. To, to Able to beat a player like Damon Hedda 
and uh, North American Darts is coming up with uh, Matt Campbell and Danny Lalvey and, and Jeff Smith, you guys know, and uh, I just want to show that we, we belong, I belong, and, and I believe, so um, here I am. Heck of an effort from you guys. I mean, you've all been really impressive, and all those guys have lost 3-2 when they've gone out of the tournament, and yet there hasn't been a lot of competitive action for, for a lot of you guys. I know Jeff's been playing the tour over here, but that's, it's some effort for you guys to step up and perform in the way you have. Yeah, we have uh, we have this great thing going in CDC, and and we're able to to up our game and play the level of play every single uh, weekend or at least one week in a month to where before we weren't able to. So um, yeah, we just want to show that we belong, and and it's just you know they draw an American or a Canadian, and they're like, oh, you know, we're in the second round, whatever the case may be. You know, you hear those stories. But um, I I just uh, I believe on on any given day that if I play well enough. I don't care who you are. I think I can win. So even if you're a two-time world champion like Adrian Jackpot Lewis, are you facing him? That doesn't matter. That, yeah, that doesn't matter. Adrian Lewis, obviously, I looked up to uh, and still look up to, and and all the other players. But I can't control what he does. You know, I can only control what I do and myself and the board. And if I still play my game and and I'm able to to convert like I'm supposed to and score like I'm supposed to and like I know I can, I think I can win. Great stuff. Well played tonight. Thanks. Danny, coming up that hill again this year, was it the same feeling and the same excitement as what it was last year? No, I'm going to be honest with you. It was more so uh, business for me this time. Uh, the first time, everyone, it's like a, a little boy's dream come true to, to play at Alexandria Palace and, and to be here, just to be here. And, and I was able to beat Andy in the, the first round and, and uh, to play Nathan in the second round and lose 3-1. I, I, was, I don't know if I was okay with it, but I was content with it. And uh, to come back this time, draw, to draw Damon Hedda in the first round, every, I, I know everyone picked, you know, picked Damon to win, which I'm okay with. I look at stuff like that because it gives me kind of fire. So it's, uh, it's more business this time than it was last year. You broke onto the scene last year with your stunning performances here. Has it been slightly frustrating that you couldn't capitalise on that to the full in 2020, obviously due to circumstances beyond your control, but I'm guessing you're not where you wanted to be right now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy because right after the CDC event back in the states, I, I felt like I was on top of the on top of the U.S. scene and North American scene, and I, uh, no disrespect to Jeff or Matt Campbell or or any players uh, back home, I just felt like I was the best player, and but not being able to travel and having to play at home and stuff like that, it just it wasn't the same. So, excuse me, uh, being able to come back here and uh, to play like I did uh, up until. <laughs> Than barrage of 30 darts at the double, um, I, 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 it came back to me and I felt like, you know, I, I still have more to give. I know last year you said you were going to go to Q school but couldn't mm -hmm. due to other circumstances. Mm -hmm. Is the plan to put that right and go this year or is it not? <laughs> yeah, I've already, <laughs> my entry's already in and uh, last year was uh, unfortunate with, due to the kids and stuff like that. Family, family life gets in the way, I guess. Um, I love my family but... Um, this year it won't happen again, and, and I'm going to make sure I'm there because I, I feel like I, I belong here. Like Dan said, with North American darts, there's so many of you now. Do you feel you're on the cusp of something huge in North America, breaking onto that world circuit as a, as a group of players? Yeah, I think there's, there's uh, you know, before where there may be one or two, there could be uh, five to ten if we just come out and, and show what we can do. Uh, there's so many players now that, that hit the 90-plus average range and, uh, that that we need to compete and, and hitting our doubles and so forth. There's so many of us out there that if we just go to Q school, we'll we'll show, 
everyone that we belong and uh, it's not just uh, overseas it's North America as well that belongs Danny congratulations mate. thank you thank you so much Danny uh, you certainly lived up to your to your nickname in that in that final leg a leg that was worth seven and a half thousand pounds yeah <laughs> yeah uh, man what a match that was I uh I, like I said I, I don't know uh uh, first of all, prayers to uh, my my sponsor from Dart Brokers. He just uh, passed away uh, suddenly, and and uh, someone told me that he'd be here with me. And and gosh, I feel like he was. Can you just explain what the what the feeling is like and what the pressure is like when you decide you're that magnitude? Yeah, I, I, I'm a big. Uh, you know, I never forget where I come from. So I get a lot of messages from thousands and thousands and thousands of people. It seems like back in the states. So, you know, I'm not only playing for myself, my family, I'm, I'm playing for North America. Same like Jeff, I know he gets the same. Uh, Matt as well, Danny, and anyone else that comes over. So, uh, I don't show it, but I, the pressure's there to, to feel like you have to win. Uh, but I, ultimately, I do it for myself, and I do it to show all, all the guys backstage, all the guys that are in the bracket that, hey, I know you guys uh, seen Damon come, wanting to come through there, and you guys didn't want to see him. Well, here I am. You talked about the school, um, but have you seen any any advice from any of the players that you know, from Jack or, or even somebody like John Park? Yeah, John Park. Uh, him and I go way back, and I talked to John a, a few times. Jeff as well. Jeff Jeff coming here was was unbelievably helpful. And hats off to you, Mr. Smith. Uh, it, it, just uh, the conversations between him and I were, were wonderful. And not only that, I, I want to give a shout-out to Devin Peterson. Uh, him and I talk talk a lot, and uh, he never shies away from answering my messages, even though I'm, I'm in America. And he, he's always quick to answer. And uh, he told me, he said, if, if I believe, I can beat anyone here. And uh, I, I felt like I, that was the greatest advice ever. And, and I do believe, and, I, and that's the reason why I'm going to Q School. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Right, we've got to move it on, and we've got to talk about the remaining four games then on day five of the World Darts Championship. And Barzi, we'll start with you on this one. Um, this was quite possibly the easiest performance of the year I've seen so far. Kim Hybrex posting a 104 average, which is not bad, but then he uh, obviously bre- uh, breezing aside uh, Chinese qualifier uh, Di Zhuang. Uh, this one for me, gr- good performance by Kim, no doubt about it, but you have the questions about is there a, is there a need for two qualifiers in China? But I guess this year of all years, you can't really make a judgment on players because they haven't really had a chance to play. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I agree. Look, it's easy to... I say it's easy, and I don't mean this. But it's it's easier to play well when there's nothing coming back at you. Mm. And that's very much what it was today for Kim. There was nothing coming back at him. Um, look, would he have usually qualified if the full Asia tour had happened? I don't think so, but it, it didn't. So you can only go on what's there and, and what's in front of you. But Kim, very impressive, and listening to him, seems in a really good place right now. That's to say, he called himself a brat, though, didn't he? Which I thought was quite interesting, wasn't it? I don't think it was just him. I think he was talking about the top 16 in general, which is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Very. You can go watch that right now on onlinedarts.com. You can find the YouTube interview that we did there. Um, Cam, we'll move to you, and we will move to our other uh, our sixth game of the day, Andy Bolton. Um, look, it's, 
and uh, Dieter Hedman, look, if Dieter, sorry, if Dieter Hedman, excuse me, if Dieter comes and hits those darts in the first leg, I think she missed, was it nine in the first leg to uh, win it, potentially? Six, I think. Six at double. Um, bloody, El- bloody Ella must have had, uh, <laughs> must have had a few more, few more drinks than I thought I did today. <laughs> uh, look, on, on a serious note, though, if, he, if, if, if Dieter misses, sorry, hits those darts, we could be having a different conversation, I think. I'll be honest. I think we could. Possibly. I, I'm not sure it would have changed the outcome um, in the end. In, in terms of who's gone through, at least, I think it would have made for a better spectacle and a better watch. But I don't think Andy Bolton was really out of second gear, if even first no. gear. Um, okay, so yeah, fair, fair, fair. So yeah. I, I still think, I don't think it would have massively changed the outcome, um, but it would have made for a much better spectacle. I mean, I'm not sure what happened in set three. Where, um, obviously, Dita did play better in that set, but Andy seemed to go off completely and then just found it again in set four. So I'm not, not sure what happened there, but, but it was a, a, a pretty comfortable win, wasn't it? All sold. Anything to say, Phil? <laughs> no, look. I'm, I don't want to bash here because I, I don't really don't mean to because Dita is... What she's done for the ladies' game is yeah. unbelievable. What she's she's done, she's won major titles all over the world. But you've only got to look at her lakeside record, and I don't mean this horribly. And if it comes across it, I really am sorry because it's not. But she's gone to lakeside so many times, number one seed, and just fallen off of a cliff. And that was always my worry tonight that she was going to have to average 90 plus for me to have got anything this evening. And I've never seen her do that on TV on the floor. Yes. I've seen her do it, but I've she never seen her do it on TV. Series, didn't she? She, did, she did it in the women's series. But, quite that's, that's what I mean. On, on yeah. the floor, it's not, it's not a problem, but going off what we've seen from Dita on TV I was never confident she was going to hit that level required to beat Andy Bolton today. Let's move it on, and we'll stay with you, Phil, because the man that you predict, you say is Germany's number one will have the opportunity to prove it. Nico Kurtz beating Annie Hamilton. Obviously, the hammer's still getting back to his best in terms of fitness, but Nico Kurtz is a star, man. 3-1 win. Yeah, and look, remarkably, he's not even a professional. Which I find he staggering. About, he looks about two. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, 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 I just look, I look at him and I think if you, if you took Dart seriously, and I don't mean that as in he doesn't, but obviously he's got other commitments that he wants to, to, to do first and everything like that. But yeah, again, he rocks up at the biggest tournament of them all and wins on TV. Was it brilliant? No. Was there some great stuff in spells? Yes. Um, but again, he's coming off a year where he hasn't put, I don't know, it's going to sound stupid because it's, everyone's in the same boat to a degree, but he hasn't played that much starts compared to others, is what I'm trying mm. to say. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's still in and around is, is the thing. And look, I think if he could get his tour card, because again, he tell, tells us he's going to Q score and he's going to do all four days and not just one this time around. If he got his card... How good would he be on the tour week in, week out? Very, very good on on that sort of evidence. I mean, I know it wasn't 
his best performance today, but he got it done pretty comfortably against someone who enjoys this tournament and has been a finalist in the past. I know he's not back at his sort of best, but he showed flashes today, Hamilton, but every time he went slightly off, he got punished. Certainly did. And Ken will stay with you. The final game of the day is actually the first game of the afternoon session. Steve Lennon, three. Daniel Larson, one. Uh, Shamrock does enough. I think it's probably the best way to get over the line. A good average, though, of a 97. Uh, Dan Larson, though, didn't really quite get going for the majority no. of the game. No, he didn't. Um, again, slightly surprised that his average was quite as high as that. Um, it's probably a better performance, again, than we might be giving him credit for. Um uh, just off the back of the fact that there wasn't a huge amount coming back at him. But you can only go out there and play your own game and get the result. And at the end of the day, he's done that really well. Reckon, Buzz, because obviously you told us that the internet had been broken a little bit down at Ali Pali today. Reckon that Live Darts data had just completely collapsed? <laughs> some, of, some of these figures aren't right. It's, it's yeah, possible. just going like, it's like, it's like somebody at the back end is just going laughing, going, what's this? We're going to put the average 10 points higher. Uh, I don't know. But, Using no, random uh, number generator on. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to come in there. You're going to come in there, PB. No, I, I, look, I, I, the internet, yeah, it did keep, kept dropping out today, so that would have played havoc for live dark state and the guy doing the scalping. Um, what, what average have they got Steve Lennon down for out of interest? 96.95. I, actually, I don't think they're far off. Yeah. I mean, look, 21-100s, 13-140s and four maximums, not bad. Good stuff. Um, it could, he said in an interview afterwards, he's played some good stuff all year. But lost good games, um, so maybe he just needs a little bit of luck. Maybe, maybe indeed. Right, let's go through then the results. Then just one more time for you: Steve Bellin three, Daniel Larson one, Scott Waits three, Matt Campbell two. I urge you to go and watch it if you haven't watched it today. It's definitely one to watch uh, again. Kim Hybrex three, Dijon nil. And then in uh, round two, Mervyn King three, Max Hop one. That was the afternoon session. Evening session looked like this. Round one, Nico Kurtz three, Andy Hamilton one. Andy Wilson three, Detta Heaven one. Uh, Danny Baggish three, Damon Hetter two. Great game as well between that pair. Uh, that, that, that penultimate leg is one to watch just for the drama. And then Michael Van Gerwen laying a marker down. 109 average against Ryan Murray and three sets to one victory. But credit to Ryan Murray as well because he played some fantastic stuff at times. Moving on to day six then. And gentlemen, would you believe it? This is the last of the round one days. After this, we've got no more round one games. Thank God for that. (laughs) (laughs) Boise can't believe we're still on round one games. He thought thought we were were past Christmas already. I'm about to say, he's thinking it's round four, isn't it? (laughs) Dirk Teldick is... For New Year's Eve. I'm absolutely right. He's thinking quarterfinals are coming tomorrow. Get in. Uh, Dirk Teldick is against Nick Kenny. is uh, starts off tomorrow. Jason Lowe against Dmitry Gorbanov is next. And then it's Mike Coyvenhoven against Matthew Edgar. The round two game is Vincent Vandervoort against Ron Budenkamp. That might be a very pacey game. Uh, moving on to uh, the evening session, Martin Clearmacher against Cameron Corollison, and then it's Keegan Brown against Ryan Meikle. Then that is it. That's round one. Done. Round two will feature Jeffrey Desvan against Ryan Searle, and then Johnny Clayton against John Henderson. Uh, those are the two games for round two on Sunday. 
Uh, Phil, as you've been away for a little while, I'll give you first pick on two things. First of all, I want a performance of the day, uh, even though we know where you're going. And secondly, I want a, a game of the day for tomorrow's action. First of all, if anyone doesn't agree with performance of the day, you're wrong. Clearly, Michael Van Gerwen. No, no ifs, no buts, no maybes. Um, and I'll have an argument with anyone that says otherwise. Moving on to tomorrow's games of the day. <laughs> um, going to lie, tomorrow afternoon looks slightly hard work. You could, you could, you could say that, yes. <laughs> um, afternoon session. Uh, Van der Voort against Camp. Huh? For me, um, I thought Ron played quite well in his first round game. And Vincent's played really well all year. So, if you had and to push got... me on that one. And the and evening to... session. You're about to say, quickly, and Van der Voort also wants to bulldoze the Alexander Palace. So, that's always a bonus whenever we get to hear from him. Is it a city? Does it have a building? If they're both ticks, it's getting bulldozed by Vincent. <laughs> Um, oh, the evening session I'm torn because I think the last two games do you think yeah. oh Barzi you dropped out there you have dropped out you have dropped out there Barzi uh, we, we'll get there. oh there we go oh you're back now there you, there you go then. ladies and gentlemen this is the uh, this is the live this is the um, this is the wonders of live recording and uh, one tape recording are we live why wasn't I told? Why wasn't I told? Well, we're live. <laughs> we're live now. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I really like the look of the last two games. Um, so, Deshwan should be quite good. Jeffrey's played well of or better of late. That I think he's almost over the shoulder injury. I don't think he, he's thinking about it so much anymore. Um, Ryan Sell. It's just Ryan Sell. And look, well, who doesn't like a game with... And who doesn't like a game with a ferret in? Never underestimate a ferret, as uh, as Dan Darts Dawson has told us many times. By the way, Dan, happy birthday, mate. Hope you uh, had a good day down at the Palace today. Um, okay, interesting. All right. Cam, your pick, mate. Game uh, Performance of the day and, uh, and uh, a game of the day for me, please. I, I mean, I'm torn between just completely just baiting Barzi into an argument and oh I am don't worry I'm about to and going and going with with the obvious answer um I'm going to go with Kim Hyrex for throwing in the second well at that point what was the highest average of the tournament so far um mainly just because on the live lounge on Monday night I did tell you when we were looking at the stats that Kim Hyrex would throw um an average on there that would end up on that list of highest averages and he's gone and done it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take him on the performance, <laughs> if only yeah, just to blow my own trumpet. Yeah, but you have nothing coming back at him. You've still got to do it. How many people? How yeah. many performances have we seen so far this week where you people have played someone that's averaging 78, 79, 80, and it drags the other player down? Yeah, but it's like Man City playing Scunthorpe, then winning eight 0 and saying, "Oh, they were good." No, they weren't. They were just playing a bunch of load of shite. Don't hold back, It's a good job that um, Gob's not on here tonight because he would have gone straight down the Liverpool route off oh, he the, done. today's 
Yeah, let's not talk. We don't, football. What's football? Yeah, we, we don't do that. We lost to Stoke today, so we're not. We'll just go back to the darts. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> so, yeah, I think. But I think he's done what he did what he had to do. There's, no one else has gone out there and done that, no matter who they've played. Other yeah. than MBG tonight. But you've already picked him, and I couldn't have blown my own trumpet if I picked him. Exactly. So, uh, that's, that's a fair point. Okay. Let's get uh, a game of the day tomorrow. Barzi just went greedy and just went two. So, just, just pick me one. <laughs> just the one. Um, just the one. I really like Johnny Clayton and John Henderson. Um, I think, as we discussed last night on the pod, um, that Hendo was a little bit harsh on himself in terms of the performance that he put up. And... I think he'll he should improve again tomorrow. Should medium sized John, um, and up against the ferret, it should be a good game. That. Well, I'm going to bait Barzi into an argument as well because Scott White's really deserves performance of the day. To outlast an opponent like that in arguably your best on your debut, in the best game of the day, and potentially the tournament, both of them actually deserve performance of the day for just putting on quality. So, I will bait, bait Barzi into an argument and say Scott Whites and Matt Campbell get joint performance of the day. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not having it. He's not having it. He's not having this. He's not having this. No, 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 no. no. Right, let's, let's get all the um, no context term memes out there and let's just go through yep. them all because they probably all fit this. No, 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 no. <laughs> Why aren't you knees paying homage? But to be fair, do, would you want which game would you want to watch again? And it's going to be with Campbell. If someone says, "Do you want to watch that again?" You're going to go, "Oh, go on." To man. be fair, right? I, I before tonight, I would have probably said no chance would I want to watch Van Gogh and Murray again. But to be fair, I probably would. I'd want to, I, I wouldn't mind watching that game again. You wouldn't I pick thought, it over the Wales Campbell game, though, would you? No, of course not. But like as a as a second choice, well, probably third. You know, maybe behind the Baggish Hetter game purely for drama. But if you're going on quality, then no. But Scott Waits, Matt Campbell for just pure darting brilliance, then absolutely is the game of the day and the performance of the day. So you know, you, uh, you can call this bait, but it is bait. Because sorry, because Barzi's been on the show for a while. Uh, look, tomorrow we'll, we'll start game. calling you Mister Click. Why not? Absolutely. Why not? Uh, why not? Absolutely. Uh, also, tomorrow, I am really intrigued by Keegan Brown against Ryan Meikle. Look, that won't be the, the quickest game in the world, but it could, it's a game between two players that are about similar level and could deliver some good darting drama. I'm intrigued by that one. I, think I disagree they're at the same level. I think at the moment, Ryan Meikle show more than Keegan Brown. Yeah, but Ryan, Ryan's a, don't get me wrong, Ryan's absolute quality. But Keegan as well has been doing bits. I, I just, I think that them two together, I think them two together could produce some magic. They really do. I think it, it will be a say, good game, but it won't, be, it won't be a watch as much. It won't, be a quick, it won't be a quick game. It won't be a darting, you know, it won't be rat-a-tat-tat. It will be one for the purists. There's no doubt about that. Oh, by the way, just going to call this now. At the second seed of the tournament, we'll be going home. Tomorrow. Jeffrey. Ryan Sell beats Jeffrey as well. Yep. I, I agree with you there. Are we going to make it quick? Yeah, I, look, yeah no. I, I, look, I think Ryan Sell's been producing some fabulous stuff. And 
you could quite easily see it, but just just beware. Look, I think he will win, but remember when we were right, Jeffrey does one off and he rocks up and averages 106 or something, it's just sods law will happen again. But no, look, I think Searle gets the job done with those B52, 32 grand bombers. Hmm. <laughs> they are they are something they are. else, them, aren't they? Like... Yeah, yeah. It, doesn't even, matter. it doesn't even matter if there's a draft like they're going to go straight through it anyway <laughs> well on that bombshell it is time to end we will see what happens uh, tomorrow uh, thank you very before much before we end I'm going to end you with a thought could you imagine if Simon Whitlock th- threw 32 grand darts what would happen to the board well, the board there's one to go to bed with uh, it's the not just the board the whole stage <laughs> would come down <laughs> absolutely I can imagine you know what Vincent would probably love that because the whole building the Alley of Pally would completely be bulldozed <laughs> just by the darts that, that Whitlock throws don't get me wrong I would love to see it though uh, right let's move it on and let's end the show right there uh, it can be falling Phil Bars thank you very much indeed for joining us here on the World Championship you can tell it's late can't you uh, tomorrow who have we got well we have got ourselves Phil Bars will be back tomorrow Jack Gobby Garber will also be here as well he'll be back after a day off and brand new to the show Dan Simpson will be joining us as well you can read his report right now at onlinedarts.com he will be with us tomorrow for the show I've got a day off lovely it's amazing it's amazing how many days off I'm getting here at the moment in time it's almost if I did the road yeah. <laughs> so you do the blick and rower yeah. I, I finally got a day off now so. I'm about to say you're not back on after Christmas till after Christmas are you no I don't think so I think I've actually actually got a break now which I'm, yeah. Well, I say it at this point, but I mean, I was supposed to have two breaks in between. Anyway, it just depends whether anyone else has issues at that point, and I have to <laughs> have to jump back in. <laughs> Cam's basically like the sort of standby. You're like the Jordan North of, of, of I am, here. I am absolutely the, 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 the Jordan the, the, North. From the North, from the North, substitute teacher, basically stepping in. So basically you are that, Jordan North. It's point. basically the is fact that, that I don't have a life, and I just, I'm always available. <laughs> is that the new concussion sub? <laughs> but that's a very that's a very good point just wheel uh, me out every time that someone's struggling I'd say it's like a blood replacement in rugby in egg chasing <laughs> I was going to say uh, egg chasing thank you very much yes I'm about to say egg chasing definitely but we've got to move it on because we've got to end the show because I'm sure people are getting bored of, it, of us just basically ripping each other at this moment in time it has got uh, to right. that stage of early morning deliriousness hasn't it <laughs> that's what's correct We're about, to be fair we've got the Canelo Smith fight about to go and start off so that's always good for us Happy days. Uh, but like I say, Phil, Jack and Dan will be with you tomorrow for a Sunday night recap uh, as we head into the new working week. Uh, I, I will be back actually on Monday. I will be back on Monday. I've got Luke Pickering joining me and also Brad Pates will be with me as well. Looking forward to getting on him uh, as long as uh, Leeds don't beat Manchester United tomorrow. Otherwise, it's going to be one hell of a podcast to deal with. Uh, but we hope uh, that you've uh, enjoyed it. We hope that you've uh, liked listening to us. And uh, we hope that you've had a great day. Michael Van Gerwen obviously has because he is through to round three with the highest average uh, of the tournament so far. Mervyn King also through. Scott Waits and Matt Campbell and Danny Baggish and Damon Hetter deliver both classics. Uh, Andy Bolton knocks out Peter Hedman. Kim Hybrex averages 104 in to get through. And also Steve Lenham is through against Daniel Larson. And Nico Kurtz beating Andy Hamilton. Let's see what happens tomorrow on day six. Vincent van der Voort, uh, Jeffrey Deswan, Johnny Clayton, the three seats in action. Will all three of them make it through? Join us from 12 o'clock tomorrow, onlinedarts.com, uh, on the online blog. And of course, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search us online darts. Same as well on YouTube. Get every uh, interview that we've done today. And of course, Phil, Jack, Dan, back with you tomorrow night 
for another podcast as we head into the second week of the World Darts Championship. Take care, and we'll speak to you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.